Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to the Television Archive. The show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved medium. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is Fringe. Today we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 5, titled Amber 31422. Uh, Yet another magnificent, magnificent episode, uh, going back to the alternate universe with our Olivia trapped over there thinking she's alternate Olivia while seeing Peter, visions of Peter, telling her that she's not alternate Olivia, she's actually our Olivia, and all the wacky shenanigans happening because of that. Uh, And I gotta say, this, of all the alternate universe episodes, this might be my favorite. Genuinely. Like, it's so, so fantastic. It's so incredible and so brilliant. Uh, so refreshingly introspective, and I just love it so much. Uh, there's a dog barking outside, expressing his approval uh, of the episode. Like, it's just, it's absolutely brilliant. But before we get into the meat of this episode, let us do another installment of, because we are in the alternate universe, Things That Are Different! Uh, and we only really have one thing to, uh... Oh, shit, I didn't do the thing. <laughs> I almost... I almost completely screwed up the intro. Well, I did screw up the intro, let's be honest. But, uh, shut up. You can't prove anything. Uh, <laughs> certainly not, uh, recorded and on the internet forever. Definitely not. Uh, but... <laughs> we only really have one thing to get into on the segment today... On. It's more of a diving deeper into one section of this alternate universe than actually a new thing about the alternate universe. Uh, but about the Amber Quarantines. And this is actually a big thing in the whole episode. Turns out Amber victims are alive. Uh, the official story is that uh, the dog is so shocked by that. The dog is like barking up a storm. He's incredibly shocked. That Amber victims are alive. Uh, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, the official story is that Amber victims are legally dead. Uh, they have suffocated. They are done. Uh, they are not a thing anymore. Uh, they are not uh, living humans. But really, they can be theoretically resuscitated. If you get an Amber victim out and, like resuscitate them immediately. And I'm talking, like, immediately. Like, the people on the bus, they all died, like, fully died because our fringe division didn't uh, resuscitate them instantly. Like, if you don't immediately go to work on them, they will die. If you don't immediately go to work on them, they will shut down entirely. But if you, like, revive them immediately, like, if you do CPR, you do the dramatic, come on, live, pounding on the chest immediately, uh, they are dead. But this is, like, something that is kept under wraps 
Because if it got out and if people knew that Amber victims were alive, that could uh, be a whole thing. That could really blow up in the government's face almost immediately. And for very, very good reasons. So they keep that little bit hush-hush. And that is it for Things That Are Different! Uh, but we'll actually, this is a good lead-in to the actual hook of this episode. So, a man gets removed from Amber. And is alive. Uh, now, what we believe going into this is that that man is Joshua Rose. Who is a bank robber who... Uh, used tech that basically created breaches, uh, like, basically caused molecular degradation that resulted in man-made breaches, and there are amber quarantines at pretty much all of his spots, at pretty much all of his little, uh, little jobs. He used these to rob banks, and then he got caught in an amber quarantine at his last job. So we're assuming that that's the guy who got ambered. Turns out, no. Uh, we do find out fairly quickly that it was in fact his twin brother, Matthew Rose, who was in the amber. And Joshua's kind of like taken over Matthew's life uh, to kind of keep up appearances and has been planning for years to get his brother out, to get his brother out of Amber, and to uh, get him back to his family. By the way, worth noting, the actual device this dude uses to rob banks is what's called a negative matter ring, which uh, weakens the molecular structure of solid objects like a vault door or a wall to a vault uh, so that he can literally walk through walls. Does that sound familiar? Yep, this is an actual connection to a season one episode uh, where ZFT, led by Agent Loeb, uh, went into all those uh, safe deposit vaults and got uh, the pieces to Walter's teleportation machine to get David Robert Jones out of that German prison. Uh, this is a direct connection to that. This is that exact technology, just a more sophisticated version of it, because, of course, the other side is way more technologically advanced than our universe. Uh, I just, I like that. I like that little connection. I like that little connective tissue in there. Bringing back that old technology. Uh, in fact, they even said in that episode that that technology kinda... <laughs> Caused some screwy things. So, like, kind of had some adverse side effects. Turns out, uh, the adverse side effects in the alternate universe are much more pronounced. Where the tears are much, 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 much worse than they are in our universe. And what really strikes me about this episode, and I actually didn't notice this until today's viewing. Is that this episode... They essentially pulled a Raiders of the Lost Ark with this episode. This is an episode, the rare episode of Fringe, where Fringe Division 
doesn't really do anything. If our protagonists never got involved, if our protagonists never took on this case, they never investigated a man removed from Amber, they never really uh, did anything with it. If they just sat this one out, nothing would change. If they sat this one out, literally not a single thing would have been different. Like, it's very much the Raiders of the Lost Ark issue where, uh, if Indiana Jones never got involved, if Indiana, Indiana Jones never showed up, uh, the Germans would have still gotten the Ark and their faces would have still melted off. He succeeded in nothing. <laughs> he did nothing. <laughs> like, this is very much that. This is very much that type of storytelling, which is like, our protagonists are, in the grand scheme of things, actually kind of useless. Which is a nice change of pace for Fringe. And really, like, I'll be honest. The scenes where Fringe Division starts interacting with the twins, with the... By the way, these twins played by Sean and Aaron Ashmore, both of whom I love. Uh, but the scenes of Fringe Division interacting with these guys and trying to investigate these guys are probably among the weakest of the episode. If I'm going to be honest. Now, don't get me wrong. Every portion of this episode is really, really good. It's an amazing episode. I'm not going to say, like, oh, the, the fringe stuff is bad because it's not. But, like, I much prefer the scenes where uh, Joshua or Matthew are in this house or in private are, like, having these moments where, like, that first scene where they're reunited, that first scene where Matthew wakes up and is, like, totally cool and Josh is explaining what happened to him. Uh, that scene of Joshua talking to Matthew's wife and the wife being like, Hey, he told me what it was like all those years in Amber, uh, where he was aware of every single moment and was just frozen in his last thoughts of, like, fear and worry like do you have any idea what that's like oh are you gonna like what you say you have a plan what are you gonna rob another bank and do this to more people like just those scenes where it's just internally the rose family are the standouts and they're the reason to watch their episode uh they're honestly the thing that takes it from being a really really good episode just on its own let me be clear about that to a masterpiece. It Those are the scenes that take it from being really, really good to just absolutely incredible. That take it from being a really, really solid, very, very fun, and very interesting episode of Fringe to one of the best of certainly this season, if not the show. Uh, it's, it's certainly the best of the alternate universe episodes by quite a significant margin. And I love all that moment when you explore, like, kind of the the guilt that Joshua Rose is feeling of him causing his brother to be encased in Amber all this time, causing him to be separated from his family and to not, not really like just have a life, like being alive, but not really being able to live at all. Uh, Stealing his life, as he calls it. Uh, having to step into his shoes so no one realizes it's Matthew and not him. 
like the this guilt and overwhelming desire to make things right that he expresses throughout the entire episode like it's a really really excellent character study it's really really amazing as far as like guest stars go uh both Ashmores in this episode, let's be honest, are really, really incredible. And their characters are very well fleshed out and really amazing. Like, honestly, this feels less like an episode of a science fiction procedural and more like a more like a really fantastic short story. Like, honestly, take out Olivia Donovan, Lincoln Lee, and Charlie Francis and all those guys. Take all those guys out. And just write this as a short story. Just write this as a science fiction short story. Have LeVar Burton read it on his podcast. And it's just incredible. But of course, like, we have the Fringe Division stuff. And all that's really good as well. Like, I feel like I'm... (laughs) I feel like I'm insulting, like, all the scenes with Olivia Dunham and Lincoln Lee and Charlie Francis and all that. Like, I feel like I'm insulting and saying it's bad. It's not. It's still really, really good. It's just... The stuff with the Rose family and the stuff with those brothers is just its own brand of incredible and yeah you have the moments where olivia catches on to oh he's definitely they definitely switch they've definitely switch and you have like her obsessively banging that drum over and over and over like a pretty decent interrogation scene a pretty decent questioning scene um like all the moments with olivia dunham are solid and it is a decent like way to keep the through line of the main character but like this is definitely The Ashmores took over the show. Like, let's be honest with ourselves. (laughs) The Ashmores just came in and were like, yeah, this is our show now. We're, we're doing the show. (laughs) We're, we are completely stealing it. It is ours now. We own this hour of television and you're going to like it. And guess what? I really, really like it. And it all culminates in that fantastic bank vault, uh, in that fantastic bank vault scene where he breaks into another vault, causes another breach. Matthew shows up behind him and is like, no, don't do this. We don't need the money. Stop it. And then he slowly realizes, wait a minute, where are your tools? Oh, no. And then Joshua reveals like he is not doing another bank heist. He is forcing himself to be trapped in amber so that fringe division will back off. And they won't look at Matthew further and they won't like, realize that Matthew survived Amber and is living life outside of Amber, and they won't take Matthew in to be experimented on. It, ah, it's so good. It's such an amazing ending. And then, like, Matthew runs away, and they get him out, uh, they get Olivia out, and Joshua is encased in Amber, and everything is right in the world. Like, an innocent man gets to go back to his family and the guilty one gets to have the fate that he was supposed to have. Like, it's a really, really fantastic moment. And I do love this final scene between Olivia and Matthew where Olivia goes and is like, oh, I want to tell you your brother got in case an amber, blah, 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 blah. There's a little handshake. And then Olivia's like, hey, you just gave me a skin sample. If I tell people, if I tell Fringe Division to uh, examine this, is it not going to say that this is from a man trapped in amber for four years? And then Matthew doesn't say anything. One of his kids shows up, and then Olivia's just like, 
have a good day. Consider this investigation closed. Like, she just convinces herself to back off. Like, she sees, like, an innocent family man is back with his family. And it's like, okay, you know what? I'll lay off of this. I got my answer. I know I'm right. That's all I need. I'm not going to ruin this guy's life over proving my hunch right. Over proving that I was correct in my assumptions. Uh, But I say that the Ashmores took over this hour of television, which they absolutely did. Uh, But there's a lot of really, really great stuff going on with Olivia and all the Fringe Division people. Uh, Of course, you have Olivia seeing Peter all throughout the episode. And Peter, like, being this nagging thought of, like, you're not from here. You're not from here. You're not there, Olivia. You need to remember who you are. You need to remember who who you are. You need to remember who you are. Like, it almost feels like Mr. Robot. It almost feels like Peter is the Christian Slater of this episode. <laughs> and I know Fringe predates Mr. Robot. It'd probably be more appropriate to say Fight Club, but Mr. Robot's my favorite show of all time, so screw it. I'm going to make the Mr. Robot comparison. Uh, and it's a really great dynamic, and I really, really love seeing that play out. I especially love when uh, Peter, uh, hallucination Peter is like, I knew these twins once in high school, Nina and Gina. One of them was so much brighter than the other, but they both managed to get straight A's. Give you one guess how they did it. (laughs) And that's what uh, causes Olivia to sort of go down that rabbit hole of they switched, they switched, they switched, they switched, they switched. Uh, Of course, the big subplot of the episode, uh, Walternate and alternate Brandon Fayette, experimenting on Olivia and sort of getting to the root of the Cortexafan stuff, subjecting her to the isolation tank and all of that. And those sequences are great. Uh, Seeing her cross over to our side and Liberty Island gift shop for just a few seconds or minutes at a time. Uh, That final scene where she goes in, remembers Ella's birthday, calls her and says hi to her niece on her birthday. Like, that scene is excellent. And I love everything about that. And then she crosses back over and it's like, yeah, nothing happened. Uh, I just saw black. Nothing happened at all. And that's the moment where she kind of like wakes up to a certain extent and realizes, yeah, no, I'm... Definitely not this Olivia. I'm definitely not from this universe. Uh, I have definitely been lied to. And I definitely need to get back. And I definitely need to figure out how the hell I need to get back to my side. Uh, But that test subplot is great. Uh, There's an excellent little moment where uh, Olivia's mother comes in and asks her how she is and Olivia kind of acts erratically and she gets worried about her and goes to Broyles and is like hey I think she came to work too soon and this results in Broyles like sidelining her for the last act of this episode which Olivia just blatantly ignores and goes after the roses uh but yeah this episode it's incredible it's absolutely amazing it's a very different it's a very unique episode of Fringe very introspective, very character-driven, uh, feels a lot more like a standalone short story than a 
episode of a larger television series, uh, to a certain extent, if you cut out the subplots. Uh, it's really fantastic. My favorite of the alternate universe stuff. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing episode. Uh, if you like this, favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's as simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468. And support the show, patreon.com slash thomasclark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. If you become a patron, you can also get access to the Television Archive Supplemental, which I'll be putting up there once every month. Or, if that's not work for you, you can also support the show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Season 3, Episode 6. Talk to you then.